0: Hello, and welcome into the Recovery to Recovered podcast. I am your host, Caleb McCall, and I am excited for today's show. I have a friend of mine on the show today, Ted Shimmer. How are you doing, Ted? Hey, Caleb, doing well. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. So glad that you were on. We have a mutual friend who connected us, and when she started telling me about your ministry and what it is that you're doing in the addiction community, I said, man, I've got to have this brother on and uh, Ted is the founder of the Freedom Fight organization. And he started this organization. Ted, when did you start this? Well, we,
1: we started the organization back in 2015.
0: Gotcha. And,
1: uh, but, you know, it was really kind of connected to another ministry that I've been a part of for, for 30 years and really grew
0: awesome. out of that. Awesome. Well, that, that's incredible. Yes, this is a much needed ministry. And, Ted, I'm going to let you. Jump into that uh, for here here in just a second when you get to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, but Ted is a pastoral sex addiction professional, and um, you know this is something that I I felt uh, impelled to talk about today. I I, I felt the need that. On the recovery to recovered podcast we needed to talk about this because on the show as our listeners know we talk about addiction in many forms it's not just about drugs or alcohol addiction comes in many forms and jesus paid the price for you to be free of any addiction but what does it take to be set free it takes the truth right and jesus is the way the truth and the life and so um ted why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and? how you got started in this ministry and how the freedom fight organization came to be in existence and just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, no one joins the ministry, you know, with hopes of becoming the porn guy. Right. So, uh, when, you know, I came to Christ right before I went to college, and uh, when I went to college, I got involved with student mobilization, a college discipleship ministry, met my wife through that ministry, wow. and right after we graduated, we came on staff with them in 1991 and started discipling college students. Come on. And, you know, it's really back in the early 2000s, early to mid-2000s, that we started seeing this steady uptick in the number of students who were struggling with an addiction. Mm. to pornography. Mm-hmm. And so much so that in 07, we recognized as a ministry that this was our biggest obstacle to building spiritual leaders for Christ, which mm-hmm. was our, you know, mission as a ministry. Right. And so we realized, man, we we're either going to have to deal with this issue and help people find solutions to freedom, mm-hmm. or we're going to have to lower our standards for leadership or not have Leaders And so Why, this is man. that's so back in 07 is really when I kind of started my deep dive into this topic. And, you know, interestingly enough, Caleb, that there was a, a little piece of technology that came out in 07 called the iPhone
0: hmm. that,
1: you know, we thought it was, you know, in dire situation then, but yeah. it was about to get dramatically worse.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And
1: yeah, so that's really, you know, when I again started my my deep dive into this topic and, you know, started going through, you know, a number of porn addiction recovery programs and really with the perspective of, you know, equipping myself and our staff so that in the context of discipling students that were struggling with a porn addiction, we could help mm-hmm. them find freedom. And so it's really kind of sure. through that process that we really identified the key principles that lead to freedom that really address the roots of a pornography addiction. Um, and then back in 2015, we're like, hey, we need to put these in a user-friendly format. Yeah. And so that's when we created our online, you know, free online porn addiction recovery course, the freedomfight.org, yes. um, just to begin helping people, you know, process and apply these principles so that they can find freedom themselves.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. So this started when you were working in college student ministry. Um, I was a young adult pastor for four years. And, you know, I can tell you, this is just, it's rampant. It's really rampant in all age groups. But, you know, it's so sad to see too, as a young adult pastor, I would see the statistics of you know, 76% of students who were involved with their youth groups would drop out in college. I think this has a big thing to do with it as well. You know, you leave the the nest egg of your parents home, you're out there on your own, you got your new iPhone, ain't nobody watching or you have any kind of accountability with it. Then the guilt and shame that comes attached to this, this specific addiction, man, it's just it's crazy um, to see young people and how they're dealing with this, you know, it's funny, it's not funny, but it's um, ironic, you know, the generation that we're dealing with now, the onslaught and the attack on that generation simply with the access to this stuff is just crazy it's become normal normalized you know we hear in that word all the time mm-hmm. the new normal right that's that new terminology but in the kingdom it's not normal at all and uh, it's something that the bible deals directly with a lot you know the bible talks about our behavior in that a lot so um, i want to read a few stats here um, that that i have gotten but on pastors.com a survey revealed that 54% of pastors say that they have viewed pornography in the last year. A Barna group survey that showed 64% of Christian men are consuming it monthly, roughly equivalent to 65% of non-Christian men mo- monthly. That's incredible. We are talking about a 1% difference yeah. of Christians compared to men who are not Christians. This is out of control. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, yeah. Ahead. Yeah.
1: And it really is. And You know, and I think, you know, as you mentioned about the youth factor, it's, you know, that was one of the reasons I I wrote my book was, you know, those of us who do work with college students, you know, we're kind of seeing that ground zero level. Because every year freshmen show up with deeper and deeper addictions Mm. that, you know, because they, they started using, you know, porn at a younger and younger age and, you know, and it's massive because we did a, we did a survey in 2019 of practicing Christian college students. So these weren't your mm. average college students, but these were students who said their faith in Jesus Christ was very important. They were plugged into a campus ministry mm. and about 40% of these students were leaders in their campus ministry. Wow. so of this group, 89% of these men said that they had viewed porn in the past year. Mm. 61% of this group said that it was at least weekly they had viewed wow. porn. And one out of four were viewing porn on a daily basis or multiple times a day. These are our future Christian leaders, pastors that have a deep addiction. And then it's not just a a guy's problem, but increasingly for women. So this same survey of practicing Christian college women who say their faith in Christ is important. 51% said they'd viewed porn in the last 12 months. Now, they weren't viewing it with the same frequency. Sure. One in four of them said they were viewing it at least monthly. And so wow. it's a significant issue in the church, but particularly for this uh, generation that's coming. And that's why I, you know I talk in the book about there is a tsunami coming when this younger generation that's been raised on porn come mm. of age and get married mm. and have families and start taking more leadership in the in the church, uh, Mm -hmm. because if the church doesn't learn how to deal with it, um, man, we're, we're headed for, you know, some serious
0: destruction. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it makes me think of, uh, you know, the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord speaks to him and says, if you do not go to these people and speak the words that I'm giving you, the blood will be on your hands. And I think us who are, you know, of an older generation, or even those of us who have been set free, we was talking before we jumped on, you know, I've been set free from pornography addiction, something that consumed my life since I was when I was 12 and 13 years old, when I first got introduced to it. And since 2016, uh, when I come home from Teen Challenge, I've been set free from that. So five years now. So for us individuals who've been set free from this addiction, and the older generation, that has either never got involved in it or been set free themselves i think it's it's definitely our responsibility and us as the church you know uh, me as a pastor of a church us as pastors and leaders in the church we cannot be afraid to talk about these things address these things but also do what your organization is doing which is giving them answers giving them tools such as your free online course for porn addiction, your porn addiction recovery program that you're offering online. I know we said that we was going to talk about that a little bit towards the end, but we're there now. So let's just jump (laughs) into it. I mean, can you tell us a little bit about that, how that works? What's the accountability with it? And just explain that a little bit to our listeners because this is the free online source for folks. So those of you who are listening today, maybe you're struggling with this, you're dealing with this and you're a Christian you're a believer And we're not here to shame you. This podcast, this show bringing brother Ted on today is about giving you a resource and giving you an outlet to be able to handle it, deal with it, nip it in the bud, cut it off, kill the sin and move forward. Amen. So so why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, and the course is biblically based, scientifically informed and gospel centered. It's also very practical. So it's, So we have about 60 videos that are five to eight minutes each that unpack principles of recovery, that really begin to help you understand the addiction and really systematically address the roots of the addiction. Uh, And so we really encourage people to go through the course with a small group. And so we have a leader's guide. We have all the discussion questions. We have all that. Somebody can also go through the course individually, but early on in the course, we coach you up on how to get an accountability partner because Mm -hmm. nobody gets free on their own. And Mm -hmm. so you can start the program on your own, but very early on, we will coach you up on, Hey, how do you get an accountability partner? We have an app with the program that it, and we have people, we train people how to have daily accountability Mm -hmm. because this is a very pervasive. And as you mentioned, the private access that people have mm-hmm. to this that's when addictions are birthed yeah and so you know we have a, a check-in you know that somebody goes through answers a few questions about hey their emotions answer a couple other questions takes a couple of minutes and they send that out to their accountability and so they're staying connected uh, because one of the things as you know that when a person begins to struggle, they begin to isolate. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. and, and so, you know, keeping people connected has been has been huge. And so man, it, we've really been encouraged just with the practical application. And we teach practical tools that address the brain science piece, because it's not enough just to repress the old uh, pathway in your brain. But you actually have to build new pathways, as yeah. you know, as Romans twelve two tells us, transformation happens by renewing the mind. Right. Um, and so we teach some very practical tools to help you build new pathways. Um, and so it, we've really been encouraged with the response and just the freedom stories that, that come out of this, that it's, you know, it's not just simply, hey, recovery, but it's discipleship. It's allowing mm-hmm. God to renew new our minds. And um, and so oh, and really yeah. helping people, you know, experience that freedom that Christ wants us to
0: experience. That's so good, man. You know, I, we talk about, you know, our, our programs that we we have on the show a little bit. And like, I always talk about we're a discipleship program. You know, the world looks at us as a faith-based drug and alcohol rehabilitation program, you know, people who, you know, DAs, courts, judges, that's what they look at us as. And um, people, when they see that, the, the terminology, you know, porn addiction recovery program, that's what they think that you are. And in a sense, of course, yeah, you are, but really what it boils down to it, you get down to the nuts and the bolts of things. It is a discipleship program, right? Jesus Absolutely. doesn't say go out into the, all the world, get people to bow their head, raise their hand at the end of our church service. And ask Jesus into their heart, he says, go out into the world and make disciples. And that takes Walking with people. That takes loving people. That takes doing things with them. It takes walking hand in hand with them, giving them tools, giving them resources, not just telling them about it, show them how to do it. Right. And that's what your online course can do. It can show them how to be free and stay free. I I had a episode about two episodes ago and it was it was this. And it goes to touch on what you were talking about with accountability, because the name of the, the title of the show was accountability is not an attack you know, we uh, sometimes can get so confused and thinking, well, accountability, you're just trying to attack me and you are trying to just judge me or you're trying to hold me to a standard that I can't without. But accountability, there's actually freedom in that, you know, when you're talking about, you know, the name of your organization, the freedom uh, fight, you know, freedom is found in accountability. And I just love that about your online course. And, the things that you've got going. I want to jump into our next question real quick here. But in your book, you talk about the six roots of this type of addiction and how to combat the underlying cause. Do you mind to touch on that for a second with our listeners?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, thinking through the the six roots of addiction, and I can, you know, unpack some of them, you know, if you want, but sure. the, the first root is the most obvious is the sexualized society. And Mm -hmm. sex is everywhere. Access is everywhere. And so the area that we really help the solution is growing in personal holiness Mm because personal holiness is separating from sin. And so it's like, as I learn my triggers, I learn to put up boundaries to separate Mm -hmm. myself from, from these triggers. And, and, you know, if a person isn't growing in their conviction for personal holiness, then all of a sudden it really just kind of becomes a list of do's and don'ts Mm -hmm. instead of holiness being a pursuit of the life that God wants me to have. God's best for me. Uh, the addicted brain is, uh, you know, another route of addiction that we, we delve into. And so I have a couple of chapters that unpack the impact that pornography has on the brain Mm. and how to build new pathways. Um,
0: isolation. Sorry. I I wanted to touch on that one second for one. What you said on holiness, holiness is separation. So many people have turned holiness into perfection. It's not. In Hebrew, holiness means you're separate. Those angels that are singing, holy, 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 they're saying, God, you are so different. You are separate. There's none like you on all of the earth. So holiness is separation. So you're talking about separation from the world because the world has desensitized us to perversion, sex, all of those things. And then you talk about the pathways because you're talking about addiction. I've heard it described as this. It's like... Ruts in the mud in your brain. And when yep. those endorphins are released, you have these ruts in your brain. And it takes putting something new in there to fill that up. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to touch on that real quick.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's a good a good point, Caleb, because it's not enough just to not go down the old pathway.
0: Mm-hmm. Make new. But ones. we have
1: to build a new one. It's yeah, not so repress. Good but it's replace. Yeah. And because if somebody's just like, Hey, I'm just not going to do this, you know, that doesn't work, but right. it's, I'm going to. And so we teach a, a tool that when they're triggered instead of going down that old pathway, that is about isolation and, you know, you know, focusing on the sin is we teach a, a method that is about renewing the mind connecting with others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's been a, a simple and yet really powerful tool that's built on brain science and three biblical principles. Um, and so it's really really been encouraging just to see, you know, how the Lord has used that. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And uh, isolation uh, is another root of addiction that, you know, and, and this is an interesting one because particularly with pornography, a sex addiction is classified as an intimacy disorder. Mm. And so when a person doesn't have authentic, vulnerable, you know, relationships in real life, Mm -hmm. the fake intimacy of pornography has a stronger draw. Wow. Because if you think about it, porn is a place you can go to feel wanted, to feel desired, to feel Mm -hmm. significant as you Mm -hmm. put yourself in that fantasy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also interestingly enough, when, you know, Porn is almost always connected with masturbation and orgasm. Mm -hmm. And we know that when a person has an orgasm, we release oxytocin, which Mm. is the bonding chemical that God created to bond a husband and wife Mm. when they have sex to Mm. create this oneness. Right. And, you know, it's interesting when a, a person uses porn, there is this bonding that takes place. Actually, therapists call it dating porn Mm. because they will actually, you know, establish an emotional connection because porn has been there for them. Mm. Um, And it's a place they can go to, you know, get this emotional connection. And, you know, for a lot of people, they don't realize, you know, on the one hand, hey, I want to give this up. But on the other hand, man, there's something that, you know, this is giving me that. You know, they really can't put their finger mm. on it, um, and I believe that's one of one of the ways when the Bible warns us in First Corinthians six eighteen, flee sexual immorality. Right. All other sins that a person commits are outside the body, mm. but the sexually immoral person sins against their own body.
0: Right, right. I
1: believe one of the ways we sin against ourselves sexually is we begin to bond to either people or things that mm. we wish we weren't bonded to. Um, yeah. and so isolation is, you know, is a significant one, um, you know, and feel free to stop me as I, you know, kind of walk, walk through the list. Uh, sure. Sure.
0: Where are you at? Maybe, three?
1: Yeah. At, I'm at
0: three. Yeah. Um, give, give us a, give us those other three real quick. And you okay. know, if you want to expound on one or two or something, go ahead. Okay.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll expound on this next one. Cause I think it's an important, you sure. know, element for people to understand the negative emotions
0: mm-hmm.
1: and cause you know, addiction experts tell us that, um, you know, an addiction goes deep and this is an important principle for any addiction, but an addiction goes to a new level of depth. When somebody starts using the dopamine high that they get from the drug or mm. the alcohol or the porn, when they start using that dopamine high to medicate their negative emotions, mm. So this is, a, this is an important reality because, you know, when a person starts chasing that dopamine high, whether it's cocaine, whether it's alcohol, whether it's porn, but then they start using it to medicate the stress at work, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden stress becomes the trigger.
0: Yeah. Wow. And,
1: and, and stress becomes the trigger. This is an important part to know about the brain is dopamine is not only released when we experience pleasure but it's also released in the anticipation of pleasure. So when a person experiences stress, and that's what they've been medicating, then all of a sudden the brain releases dopamine to start the craving.
0: Because the brain
1: goes into relief mode. Hey, I know where we can go to feel a whole lot better. Wow. So that's when, you know, a lot of times guys will say, man, this urge to use porn just hit me out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But when we go back and look at it, Mm-hmm. So often it's a negative emotion, whether it's loneliness, depression, you know, stress, that they have learned to medicate, and then that you know that negative emotion becomes the trigger, um, and that's a that's a very significant part. That again, a lot of people don't recognize; they just think, "Man, this urge to use porn, yeah. you know, comes out of nowhere." And so that's one of the things we teach in our program is becoming self aware, growing in emotional intelligence.
0: Yeah, And one of
1: the things we teach is, you know, you can actually, once you begin to grow in this area, you can see a relapse coming from over a week away mm. because you begin to really, mm. you begin to understand yourself. Hey, if I continue on, man, I'm exhausted, man. I feel myself starting to isolate, man. Mm-hmm. If I don't reach out and course correct, I know where this is going to end up.
0: And, yeah. and it's really, you know, really been huge. Dude. Um, you- yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just gonna no. say you just you just blew my mind with some of that stuff and actually explain something that happened to me years and years ago. And I just want to testify to this real quick, to back up what you were saying, with a testimony in my own yeah. personal life. So I had been about six, I think I this was in 2016. I think I had been about six months uh, with no pornography at this time. And at this time, I had gotten in a highly stressed, I was working at a dealership, I'd gotten in a highly stressful situation basically an argument at work with somebody, I left work to remove myself from a situation, it was high pressure, high stress, I was working in sales. And there was all kind of there was all kind of stuff going on. I'd been free uh, for like six months at this time. And I'm telling you, I went home for the day, nobody was there. My wife was working at the time I was there by myself. And this stressful situation. I'm telling you right now, I've never understood this until right now. But this stressful, high stress situation, I'm telling you, the enemy came like a flood. But now I'm also realizing it was probably my old tracks in my brain that produces because it I I fought it off and I overcome. But I and I didn't look at pornography that day. But I'm telling you, it came like a flood on me. And Hmm. I'm like, where is this coming from? This I'm having dealing with a stressful situation at work. Why am I all of a sudden thinking about looking at pornography right now? But what that was is exactly what you just explained. This is really, is blowing my mind because I've always questioned, I'm like, God, why? Because I've even thought about that. I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago to somebody about that whole situation. And I've never really understood why in that situation was I faced with the temptation of pornography. It had nothing to do with women. It wasn't like I was at the gym and somebody walked walked by wearing hardly nothing. This was a situation at work uh, with a high pressure, high stress situation. And I did overcome that day and praise God for that. He gave me, um, the power and the strength, the, the endurance and ability to be able to overcome that that day. But man, that just blew my mind when you talked about that, because that is, is so, so good. I, I want to talk about, uh, something else. What are the other two? What are the last two? I mean, uh, you gotta shame, go into detail. Shame, shame and trauma, shame,
1: shame and, and trauma,
0: shame and trauma. So, in other words, you got to get the book to read on these things. Go read <laughs> the book, go get the book, the freedom fight. And you can check that out. Uh, where can they buy that at? Uh, you can, you can get it on Amazon. It's Amazon. in Audible
1: and Kindle. Uh, it's also on our website. Um, you know, we have bulk discounts. If you want to you know go through with the group, we have discussion questions, all that. So
0: awesome, man. Awesome. So um, you know, one of our, our next questions I want to talk, discuss real quick, we've got a few left here, but the unspoken population for this growing addiction in women, because nobody thinks that women face this or deal with this. And I don't hear anybody talking about this. So can yeah. you elaborate on that a little bit for us?
1: Yeah, well, you know, and I, and I, I referred to the study that we did two years ago, showing that you know, college Christian women, that this is a growing, uh, a massive growing issue. But mm-hmm. really, if you look at women who are in their 20s, the, the percentage of them that struggle with pornography is way up from women who are in 30s and above. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and it's, it's again, it's an access issue. Mm-hmm. I was on a radio program last week, Caleb, uh, and we opened it up for callers and we got a call from a mom who shared the heartbreaking story of her 10 year old daughter that she had just discovered was addicted to porn. Wow. She had been looking at hardcore porn for 10 months and the, her daughter, you know, told her mom, I don't want to look at this, but I can't help it. Wow. And so man, she was, you know, addicted. She was hooked, you know, and the mom was like, Hey, I got three boys. I never even thought about this you know for my daughter it never even came on my radar screen Mm. um and so the enemy is using porn man to reach into christian homes and grab the hearts and minds of our kids and parents Mm. have no idea it's not because they're bad parents a lot of them just don't recognize like this family they were just like man we didn't even think that was you know our 10 year old daughter was you know uh You know, susceptible. And mm-hmm. so just recognizing because and here's here's an important thing about women and including women in this is man, there's shame in any addiction. Mm-hmm. But particularly for the Christian who struggles with the pornography addiction because it violates who they are and their morals, their standards, but especially the Christian woman. Because oh, sure, yeah. they have, they have the, the added shame of, man, this mm-hmm. is supposed to be a guy's problem.
0: Right, right. Wow. And so
1: it's very important when we have a discussion about this that we include and women. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when we only talk about men, mm-hmm. man, that woman who's struggling, man, we just kind of multiplied her shame. Yeah, uh, she feels
0: like she can't open up now because yeah, this is exactly. a man problem.
1: Exactly. Wow. Um, and so it's it's really important for the church. Uh, you know, to include women in that, in that discussion, because yeah, it's significant. Um, you know, and I will say this, just kind of, you know, touching in general on those six roots that, you know, so often in the church, you know, we can have just spiritual answers like, well, Hey, just love Jesus more and quit, you know, and Hey, just more accountability, more prayer, which all of those are important and essential. Mm-hmm. But if we don't get to the root issues, Mm. Um, you know, we're just have behavior modification, Jeremiah, uh, you know, in the book of Jeremiah, God is speaking to his spiritual leaders. And he says this, they have healed the brokenness of my people superficially Mm. saying peace, peace, but there is no peace.
0: Mm.
1: And God is rebuking his spiritual leaders because he says, you've healed this, the, the brokenness of my people superficially, Mm. Um, and I, I think this is so true when it comes to a pornography addiction that we can give the superficial answers. Hey, just love Jesus more and quit. Hey, pray more, you know, yeah. which all of those are essential and important, but we also have to get to the root issues because here's what I found is the more we understand the issue, the better we can apply God's truth at a deeper level. Mm. And so the issue isn't that God's truth isn't enough. It's that we're not applying it to a deeper level of the roots where it can really bring uh, deep healing and not the superficial kind.
0: Yeah, I always talk to our students about this all the time too, when it comes to issues in our life, we got to get to the root issue and pull it up by the root if you just keep trimming the surface level stuff you're never going to experience true healing and like you say you know you're dealing with behavior modification at that point point. and us at our program we're not into behavior modification i want you to get born again and become a new individual um but yeah that that's so good you touched on a couple of topics when we when we hit that because you talked about you know the issue that we we deal with that women are facing this problem as well but also you dealt with the young uh, issue. And that was one of my next questions. I mean, you've kind of dove into that a little bit, but you know, a 10 year old has faced this and was dealing with this. I mean, that is absolutely devastating and heartbreaking. So to the parents who might be listening to the show today, um, you never, it's, I don't think, you know, it, what age is too young to address this with your children? Do you have any, yeah. you know, suggestions? Well,
1: or? yeah. And and th- this is an important topic because the world will gladly fill in the blanks for yep. our kids when it comes to sex. And yep. it's never been more important for parents to have not just the sex talk, but the porn talk. And, and they, they don't need to be talks. They need to be ongoing dialogues. Yeah. Um, And they got to start young, you know, that we, you know, helping, you know, kids realize that, Hey, sex is a gift, Mm -hmm. something God's given for a husband and wife to enjoy in marriage. And Mm -hmm. man, it's great. And it's awesome. And he's also put up boundaries because it's very powerful. Yeah. Um, But, you know, introducing the idea of, you know, at a very young age, you know, to give an example. I was talking to a dad not long ago uh, whose seven-year-old son came home from school and asked about sodomy. He didn't use that word, but that's what he asked about. Mm. Well, this dad had yet to have the sex talk and yet he was having to have this conversation, but because the dad had de-shamed it Mm. and talked in terms of, you know, son, God's given us private parts. And some, some people will put those private parts out on the internet And hey, if you ever see anything, hey, you come talk to me. Yeah. And so just because he de-shamed the topic and he invited Mm -hmm. his son to come and talk to him about it, this dad, man, it started a great conversation that, you know, became a dialogue that they continue to have. And so it's really Mm -hmm. important for parents um, to get equipped in this area so that they can begin having this ongoing dialogue and begin to warn their kids that, hey, there are good pictures and there are bad pictures. And Hey, if you see a bad picture, Hey, come talk to me. Um, because you know, the, the enemy wants to fill in those blanks that our kids have normal curiosity, man, parents have to, you know, initiate those conversations early Mm -hmm. and often.
0: Yeah. I love what you said there. That is a, that's a tool. What you just said about de-shaming it. Uh, you know, the, the scriptures are clear, you know, it was Hebrew culture, Back in the day, too, when a person got married, they literally hung the sheet outside of the tent where the blood was from a virgin who had her virginity taken. And the kids would even touch the sheet because that was the Hebrew culture. It was it was taught to them at a young age that this is the proper channels. This is a good thing when it's used in the proper channels, but it's not when it's not, you know. And so they at a young age. They were taught these things. Um, that, that from a young age, they, they got to them early and that's what we got to do as believers and Christians get to them early. Deshame it. Sex is not a bad thing. It is a good thing when used in the biblical parameters and in the way that God intended it to be. And I think us as parents, believers, Christians, we have to get to our children before the world gets them. Like you was just saying a minute ago, the world will take them in a heartbeat. The world is willing, waiting to try to teach them their way about sex when we as believers need to be teaching our, our children, the proper channels, uh, and the, and the way in times that those things are happening. I want to talk real quick. That, that was such, such good stuff, but I want to talk real quick too about this in the church real quick, as we're wrapping things up here in a couple minutes, but you know, why is this specific addiction and Christian leaders are a threat to the church's future? Why do you believe that it's a threat to the church's future?
1: Well, man, you know, it's, I have a a, a friend who's a former pastor um, who lost his marriage and ministry and church because of, you know, porn. But one of the things that he says is, man, porn is Satan's masterpiece. Mm. Because if you think of, man, how the enemy uses it to capture hearts and minds at a very young age, but then In the church, the statistic is that 7% of pastors, only 7% of pastors say that their church has a program or resource to help people break free from, you know, pornography. And yet, man, it's all in the church, but the shame factor, man, keeps them from talking about it. You know, the statistics say half of our pastors are struggling to one degree or another, Mm -hmm. They they don't feel like they can come out and share because hey if I share about this I may get fired from my job I've got a wife and three kids so mm. they're staying in the shadows. Mm. If our leaders don't feel the freedom to repent, guess what our people aren't going to do. They're not yeah. going to repent either. If yeah. you know if if he's not you know doesn't have the freedom to repent and get help to find solutions, he's not going to be sharing that with his congregation. And it's a it's a shameful you know discussion and, you know, people avoid the shame, you know, as an example, I had a, a buddy who gave a message, uh, about porn in the church at the end of it, he said, and Hey, if this is something you struggle with, we have some groups that can help, you know, you can sign up at the booth in the back, you know, mm-hmm. how many people do you think signed up at the booth in the back? <laughs> no one. Right, right. Um, and even if it was, Hey, come Wednesday night and we got a group for you unless you're in crisis, you're not going to show up because you don't know who else is going to be there.
0: Right. Therefore, you
1: don't know who else you're going to be disclosing your embarrassing sin to.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's important. That's one of my prayers in this area is that we're going to move this from a recovery issue that's only for people that need help. And Mm. it's a discipleship issue that all of us need to get equipped in, Mm. whether we struggle ourselves. And really, that's why I wrote the book because it's it's for the person who wants to get equipped so they can help others, and for the yes. struggler who who wants to you know understand the path to freedom.
0: That is so so good, man. I, I have never heard anybody say that, and that's why you're Ted Shimmer, the founder of the Freedom uh, Fight, man. That that's so good. We we got to have that. The, the shame of this stuff is has got to go away, and we got to give people real resources to be able to address this and that's, you know, too, with your online course, you know, I love that because that's something that even somebody too can do from their home. You know, they don't got to raise their hand and get to an altar and and address in front of everybody. Although there definitely can be healing in that. We was talking about that before we jump on, which I kind of want to get into that now because you kind of mentioned it about, you know, the, the power of vulnerability, you know, you cannot, if something's still in the dark, it's not brought to the light and the light is what will expose the darkness and, and remove it from your life. So the vulnerability of, of admitting, you know, it's that's, you know, famous quote, people are always saying it's stuff like, you know, you can't fix it till you admit you have a problem and, and there there's truth to that. But the vulnerability yeah. of it is what will really help us um, to overcome the shame, the power of overcoming the shame and overcoming that addiction is in the vulnerability. And that enables you to fight at that point. I always said to our students, if I got a pipe leaking under the house, I can't go fix it till I know where it's leaking from. You have to know where the leak is um, to be able to address it and grab a hold of that thing. I love that. I love that. Um, You know, now is the time for action. So what can we do? What what do we got to continue to do to fight this? Watch this word epidemic and pandemic. We've been hearing a lot of that. We're, <laughs> we're in the middle of it. We've been hearing this new normal thing and all of this stuff. This is an epidemic in the church and a pandemic. And we're talking about, you know, viruses and things like that. But pornography, addiction, addiction, period. I, I even think addiction too, when it comes to substances, Um, is, is that dark horse in the church that nobody wants to talk about? I, I know people that have been going to church, you know, they'd been going 30 and 40 years and had these secret addiction, to pain pills and this, that, and the third. And I mean, addiction period, I believe is that dark horse that's in the room, that elephant that needs to be addressed in the church. And until we get vulnerable about it, talk about it, it can't happen. But, but tell me a little bit about, you know, how can we address this epidemic and pandemic?
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I think, you know, it's important to look at this. It's not just, you know, from a negative perspective in the sense of, Hey, there's this huge problem Let's address it. That's true. But also I think we need to look at it with the eyes of faith, recognize, man, this is a huge opportunity for the kingdom of God for people, for believers to truly experience the power of the gospel.
0: Come on. That,
1: that, that, Jesus truly will set people free that the power yeah. of the gospel truly will set people free that I can really, instead of living out of a shame identity, I can live out of a new identity in Christ, which is, yes. you know, what, what, you know, we teach in addressing the shame root. And so it's a, it's an incredible opportunity. I, I truly believe Caleb that what many call the greatest threat to the church pornography I believe is also our greatest opportunity at revival and growth because somebody doesn't just, uh, you know, quit a porn habit. You know, we talked about before that only about 2% of people experience the miracle of instant deliverance. Right. But, but God's process of, for people finding freedom, it's a growth process. And so one mm-hmm. of the things we talk about is, hey, you don't just quit porn, you must outgrow porn. Wow, so that's
0: so good. You,
1: you have to grow in personal holiness. You have to grow in authentic relationships and vulnerability. You mm-hmm. have to grow in emotional awareness. You have to grow in living out of your identity in Christ. You yeah. have to grow in identifying lies and replacing them with the truth of God's word. And when a person goes through that, when they go through our program, and as we, you know, have seen, they come out a different person. And, you know, they're living out of the freedom that the gospel promises. And, you know, one of the the most tragic things I've seen is when a person is living in defeat, they begin to doubt the king and his kingdom. Mm. Their heart for the king and his kingdom begin to fade because they're not living the, the freedom that the gospel promises. Yeah. But the opposite is true. When we begin to walk in that freedom, man, our excitement about the King mm-hmm. and his kingdom go to a whole new level. Come and So on, I just man. think it's an incredible opportunity for revival and growth, because to be honest, that's what we're seeing as people find freedom. And I'm sure you've seen that same thing uh, in your recovery programs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That, that is so good. That's actually next where I was going and you just jumped right into it because is purity not going to be the greatest um, fuel for revival in the American church and the church world worldwide? I preached a, a message uh, this Christmas. It was my Christmas message, actually, that purity bursts the power. Revival, reviving something that was once dead, it takes supernatural power To be able to do that. And when you talk about operating in purity and holiness, like what you're talking about, personal holiness, I love that terminology that you're using there because we as the church, we've got to get back to that. You know, it's almost been, you know, shamed and people are acting like preachers are preaching doom and gloom when we talk about holiness, because so many people have turned holiness into perfection, which that is not accurate. But holiness is separation for God himself. And when we get to a personal point of holiness in our lives, purity comes. When purity comes, power comes. When power comes, revival comes. And we're talking about a nation turned upside down for the power of the king and his kingdom and praise God, I feel like preaching, but I better not. I better not. <laughs> but man, you just got me excited with that one, man. I, I could talk about this all day long with you, brother, because it's discipleship. That's my heart is discipleship. We in the church, us as pastors, we got to get back to the basics, which is discipleship. If you want to see people free, it takes discipleship. It takes, you know, touching on that stat, we, we was talking about that stat before we jumped on, but of people in these statistics that are taken were supernaturally delivered from pornography addiction. The other, what, 97.5% went through process that enabled them in accountability and, and programs or accountability and people helping them walk through these things. Those are how the majority of people are delivered from these things. Partnership with Holy Spirit. You know, um, and having resources to help us address these issues are what we need in the kingdom of God to be able to move forward with this and watch people set free and delivered. Ted, man, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing and dropping all this knowledge on me and our listeners. I had some breakthrough today and had some answers. Uh, for things that I dealt with in my past day, it was just an incredible, incredible time and incredible interview with you, Ted. Can you tell folks how they can partner with you, your ministry? How they can get a hold of you? How they can follow you on social media or any outlets that you're using?
1: Yeah, so the the FreedomFight uh, dot org would be the best place to to connect, and you know that's where our program is. Uh, You know they can get a hold of the of the book there as well, Um, and so yeah, man, we would you know, again, it's, it's a, it's a free online program. And, you know, we, you know, for a first step, I encourage people to think through, we have a 30 day challenge. And so it could be something you can go through individually or again with a small group, but just as a first step, just to kind of check out the program, but, um, you know, just kind of get a a little dive in for 30 days straight. Um, And so, yeah. Hey, Caleb, I appreciate you, man, being willing to have this conversation because, you know, most most spiritual leaders aren't so mm-hmm. i'm grateful for for your willingness to man put it out there because you know jesus has the answers and right. you know we need to we need to take this conversation out of the corner of shame in the shadows and, and bring it into the light because it's yeah. an it's an incredible opportunity
0: yeah we cannot uh address what's in the darkness till it's brought to the light so it was my honor to have you on man i really think our listeners uh, are going to get some freedom uh, through today's episode and your organization. Thank you for your answer to the call in your organization and to, t- to tackle this tough topic, you know, to talk about um, the, the things that the church leaders have put to the side for so long and actually helping and enabling people to get to a true place of freedom. So brother, I commend you for that. Thank you so much for coming on today's show, man. Caleb, thanks
1: for having me. It's been a I joy. Appreciate it.
0: Awesome. Awesome. To our recovery to recover listeners, please like subscribe, download, share this episode and all episodes on the show. Um, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you want to become a partner with our ministry, you can do so be the Bush ministries.com Miriam and, uh, spread the word about this podcast. We're talking recovery. We're talking recovery in the church. Sometimes I just get on and preach the gospel and preach the good news. Um, So to our listeners, we just thank you. We appreciate you and we cannot wait to see you guys next week. Y'all be blessed.